a Bible on you this morning. Turn anywhere good. I'm sure it's going to be great. Uh, not, not too many places that we could, act. well, there is one place we're going to land in the book of Genesis, but we're not necessarily going to need to turn there, but just have it ready and open. I, we'll, we'll see, we'll see uh, where this goes. Awesome. And I, I want to speak this morning, perhaps a little prophetically, woo, uh, around the current activity of God in our lives, the current activity of God in our life, in my life, what's he doing right now? In your, in your life, what's he up? What's he up to in in our church? In our church life, I wonder if you've ever asked the question or, or ever pondered this: What is God up to right now? I don't necessarily mean right this absolute second, but you know, today, now, now, wish. What 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 is God? up to right now? What, what is he doing in your life? What's he doing in, in my life? What is the present activity of God ar- around us? I often ask myself that question, and, and maybe we all need to be doing that. Is he up to anything? Is God, in fact, doing anything right now? Is he actively doing anything significant a- a- around me? Sometimes it doesn't feel like, like he is. Is he, is he up to something? Are there any indicators that would give me a clue that he is? I'm not sure. Is there, are there any signs that we could, we could take from it? Maybe you've got goosebumps or whatever, whatever it might be. That's not always a good sign. But is there, is there any, anything? Because a lot of, a lot of us will recall we can recall times, we can recall seasons, maybe specifically uh, moments in our lives where God has just so clearly shown up, right? And we've, got, we've all had the, we've got those testimonies and stories how God showed, showed up in, in our life. It's so obvious, it's so clear. Maybe there were like angels singing in the background or something, but we're like, wow, this is, a, this is amazing. And, and, and we, we experienced his breakthrough. We've experienced that before. He, he moved suddenly on our behalf when maybe we weren't even expecting it. He came through at the 11th hour. How many know the 11th hour God? It's just sometimes how he operates. I don't like it, but that's, that's how, how he does it. And maybe he answered a prayer of some kind. And, and you know, if we're to be honest, it's, it's in those moments that our faith is revived. We get rejuvenated. We, we're reminded about how great, great God is and, and, and uh, these high times, if you like, where the evidence of God's provision and His providence is so apparent. It's so clear and it's, and it's so good. I love it. I look forward to, to those times and those moments. But what about the times when it's not so clear, where it's not so apparent that He's operating or moving on our behalf or, or, or uh, doing, doing something? What about when it's not so evident that God is working in you and around you? And maybe this morning or today, you could say when you think about the present activity of God, you know, I'm not so, so sure. I'm not sure what he's up to right now. I don't know what the activity of God is, is around me. I, I see no evidence of God up to anything significant. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so sure. And what about when we, when, when we may not be sensing anything, when we may not be seeing anything going on around us that would give us an indication, I've got no goosebumps, you're not, you're not feeling anything, even a hint that God might be, might be at work. Well, we read about such times in the Bible, in the Psalms, King David, he finds himself 
Psalm 13, it'll come up on the screen. He finds himself in a place like that where he cannot see the evidence of God's provision over, over his life. And then he comes to some conclusions about the current activity of God because of what he was seeing and certainly what he was, he was sensing. He says this, I'm sure you've read this before, maybe you had a chuckle to yourself, I don't know, it's not that funny. He says, how long, O Lord, <laughs> having a convo with myself there, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? There's a, there's a cry of despair, if I've ever heard one. How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul? In other words, that's all I gotta talk to. No one else is doing any talking. No one else is, is doing anything. Having sorrow in my heart daily, how long will, you, will my enemy be exalted over me? That's King David. And, it, and it's unfortunate, isn't it, that God doesn't always appear visibly present in our lives. You know, I don't know. I'm not happy about that, that he, he's not always there in front of me where, where I can see him. And it's unfortunate that there feels like at times there are often stretches of time, sometimes long stretches of time where maybe we are left wondering like David is here, how long, God? How, how long until you do something? Do something. Have you really forgotten about me? How, how long until you do what you promised? How, how long and do, I have to, to, do I have to wait? How long until the breakthrough that I know is coming? How long until you show, show your hand? How long will it be until you move on my behalf? I don't know if you've ever had those kind of thoughts before, whether you've prayed those kind of prayers, you've, you've made those assumptions before. I certainly have. I can kind of, uh, I find myself sometimes in a similar place to, to David on that scripture behind me. And if you have been wondering or asking a similar thing, maybe you are right now when it comes to God's present activity. If you like me, have a dream. How many have got a dream on their hearts? If you've got a dream, a, a vision perhaps of God doing something great in your life, great on, on your life, great, great something great with your life. You have a dream of God breaking uh, through, God, God showing up, God turning things on as only, only God can do. And, and maybe this morning you might be just a little weary with the wait. You know, how many love waiting? Not, not me. If you're a little weary with the wait, with the length of time be, between the high points that we, we all experience from time to time. If you found yourself wondering, man, have I been forgotten about? Has God like kind of, kind of, Left me alone? What, what, what's, going, what's going on here? You gotta know something this morning. You really have to know something this morning. You gotta hear me. While you wait for the miracle, while, while you hold on to the promise, while you wait, wait for that breakthrough, listen, God is not absent. He's not absent. You, you are not out of his mind. And you're not out of your mind either. You're not, you're not out, of, out of his mind. The Bible the Bible says this in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. He may not be 
you know, I may not be talking to everyone this morning, but I, I feel this needs to be said. You, you may, he, he may not be looking right now like the God of the breakthrough for you. He may not be looking right now like the, the God of the, the suddenlies. He, he may not be looking like um, Jehovah Sneaky, the God who surprises, you know, that, that God, that God. He may not be looking like that for you right now, the, the, the God who surprises, but you got to know he is the God who is actively working behind the scenes. He is working for you behind the scenes. And that's the title of my message, if you're taking notes, Behind the Scenes. I just, I just feel like just prophesying or declaring some stuff over, over your life this morning, over our church church today, that while, while you wait for whatever it is you might be waiting for, while it seems like there is a delay of some kind, while it may feel like he is delaying over your life, listen, he is doing currently something significant behind the scenes. I feel that like that is a word for, from God for us today. He is doing something significant behind the scenes. We just can't see it. Listen, in the silence, when it feels like God is not saying much, He's like, I can't hear you. Your ear is to the ground. He is still, even in that, in that time, behind the scenes working on your behalf. We can boldly, confidently at least say that God is presently at work, actively doing something regardless of whether you perceive him to be or not. And I'm gonna prove it today. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows right now what God is scheming in your life? Who knows right now what he is actually preparing, planning, getting ready to do. He's working things together. He's organizing stuff. He's shuffling things, some things around. He's moving some of the stuff that need to be moved on your behalf. Who knows what God is up to right now when maybe you feel like he's doing nothing. He's not doing, he's not doing a thing that is not, not true. Imagine, imagine if it was your birthday today. And I know we didn't have any birthdays this morning, but just imagine that, that, it, that it was. We didn't have chocolate bars to give out. So, but just for the purpose of this illustration, imagine that, that it's your, your birthday and it's coming, kind of got to the end of the day. I don't know, you're coming home from work or you're coming home from the grocery store or somewhere and you're feeling a little flat because no one's wished you a happy birthday. Uh, my mum forgot my 13th birthday one, one time. Actually, it was that, that only once. And, uh, uh, we'll delete that from the uh, tape just so she doesn't feel bad. But, but you know, not even your mum has, has texted you happy birthday. You're, you're feeling a little, a little low. Your kids have seemed to have forgotten. Your husband's not said anything. But, so you're going to have an early night and you, you step into your front door. It's dark inside and you switch on the lights and then suddenly, surprise! Everyone you know is, is standing in your lounge. Everyone, including your mums there, your kids are there, they're standing in your lounge with streamers and party hats. There's a banner across the kitchen with your name on it. There's the chocolate cake that you love. It's a, what a great surprise. Has anyone ever had that happen to them before? Like someone's, no, Wow. Has anyone done that for someone? Kind of hit in the lounge. Yeah, we've done that for, for a few people. It's kind of, kind of fun. And 
But you had no idea, not a clue. You had no idea, and unfortunately no one has experienced this before, so just imagine it, but you had no idea that what your friends had been planning and scheming for maybe months, right down to the very details, including somehow breaking into your house and going into your lounge, that one person who's hiding in the tree with their cell phone saying, they're coming, they're coming, all of the, all of the details. What is a total surprise for you? It was no surprise to the ones working on that behind the scenes. The ones plotting and planning behind, behind the scenes. And so you may recognize God as the one who breaks through, shows up suddenly, speaks when you least expect it, pops out seemingly nowhere. And he is the God of surprises, but God's not surprised. He's not surprised about what he's doing in your life. God surprises us with his intervention. He surprises us with the turning of the tide, but, but he's not surprised. Why? Why is he not surprised? Because long before you started to get goosebumps, long, long before you started to get a feeling that something might be up, way before you had any clue that God was about to do something, he had a plan. He had a plan. He had a plan, Fiona Jenks, long before you had a plan. He had a plan. He has a plan. He has a plan, and he is currently working that plan out in our lives, even when we don't realize it. You've got to believe that he has a plan that is so redemptive, a plan that is so incredible, so, so amazing. He's been working this thing out before you even knew how to tie your shoelaces. God knew and knows what he's up to and doing. We gotta hang in there. Don't give up, don't give up. He's working behind the scenes. God is working behind the scenes. Ephesians chapter three, and I know this is the message version, so I apologize, but it says this. And so here I am, Paul says, speaking to the church in Ephesus. I'm preaching and writing about things that are way over my head, the inexhaustible riches and the generosity of Christ. And my task, my job is to bring out into the open and make plain what God who created all of this in the first place has been doing, look at this, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Don't you love the gift of hindsight? Like, you're like, oh. But you gotta know he's working on your behalf. He's working, he's been working all this time behind the scenes, getting something great organized. You okay this morning? How many have ever experienced the, the tension of what you believe God has said, maybe what he's promised you, and where you currently stand? You know, there's tension in those two places. If you haven't experienced that, it, it's, it's so very real. You know, it's, it's called, we've talked about this before. We did a whole message series called the From Here to There. That, that, that there's this thing called the gap. The gap. It's the, the gap that exists. It's, it, it exists. The gap is the place between where you currently are and where you feel God is calling you to be. And for some of us, depending on what that is, depending on where we are, that gap can be a long period of time. 
that gap for some of us, depending on the call, could be years and years and years. It may be weeks for certain things, but it, it could be, a, it could be a, a, a long time, that place. You may be here and God wants to take you right, right over this place. And there is this void, which actually is called life is where we actually live out. And just a reminder, God is as much in the journey with you. God is the God of the gap. He is the God of the behind the scenes and he is with you walking that journey as much as he is on the finish line with the flag saying, come on in. Someone reminded me, the closer we get to God's promises, he just pulls it back a bit further and gives you new ones. (laughs) We are continually in a gap that is the tension of faith and our journey of life is walking through those places, trusting God. But what goes on in that space is so, so important. This is where life is lived. This is where our faith is developed. This is where things like perseverance and tenacity, sticking in and not giving up actually play out. This is where our character is formed. This is where we learn to trust God. This is where we get up again. This is where others help us and we walk towards that core in in that place. Genesis chapter 37, and you can turn there if you want to. I'm just gonna give a real brief summary of the next four or five chapters of following Genesis 37 because recorded in the Bible spread over about four or five chapters is this incredible gap story this incredible story about God working behind the scenes and really shows us that that is the kind of God who he is. And we read the story, this gap story about a young Hebrew man named Joseph, a man who was destined for greatness. You'll have maybe read the stories, seen the movie. A man since his youth knew that God had a great plan, a great purpose for for his life. But how many know who know the story that the promise didn't come easy? There was a great gap. Many of you will know the story. Let me just summarize it for you. Joseph is born the youngest of 12 brothers. In his late teens, he starts having these incredible dreams. The crazy thing is these dreams are about his life and about his greatness, about the calling that was over his life when he's just, a, he's just the youngest son of, of 11 other brothers and he starts having these amazing dreams about his life and, and about, about his brothers bowing down to him, about his mom and dad bowing down, down to him and he's a confident young man. He begins to tell these dreams to his family members and his brothers don't take that well. There is a lot of jealousy around that. And you know, it could be described as possibly the worst case of sibling rivalry that you've ever heard. They take Joseph and they throw him down a well. And I thought, my kids don't get on. But they, they basically throw him, throw him down a well. The older brother tries to negotiate what they're actually gonna, gonna do to him. And, and, uh, and they later sell Joseph to a slave merchant that merchant takes him to Egypt. The, the younger, the older brothers, at least 10 of them, tell their father that Joseph has been eaten by a wild animal. Remember, they give him the coat and it's covered in goat's blood. They say it's his and it's a t- terrible events. And then in Egypt, Joseph is sold as a slave to one of the Pharaoh's officials. And somehow, somehow, as a slave, Joseph manages, it says, the Bible says that God was with him. Behind the scenes, God was was with him and he's promoted up the slave ranks to actually become the manager of the the Pharaoh's official's household. 
he begins to take a leadership role there and, and things are looking up until one day that master's wife, his master's wife tries to seduce him and, 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 and Joseph resists, but it goes on and on and on. She persists until eventually she falsely accuses Joseph of rape. He's innocent, but he's thrown in prison. Still living in this gap. Somehow in prison, and again, you know the story, he manages, ends up managing the prison while still a prisoner. I don't know if that's ever been done before. Just, you know, if you could just look after things. And he begins to manage the prison. And then one day, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, they're thrown into prison for not cutting the crust off the toast of the king or something. And, and it doesn't tell us why they're put in prison, but. And, and Joseph ends up interpreting the dreams of these two men. One of them ends up being killed, executed. The other gets released from prison. Jo- Joseph says to him, please remember me that I'm here. Put in a good, good word for me, but he's forgotten about. I don't know where we're up to in this little line. I think we're maybe up to verse 40 or chapter 40. It's more years pass, years go by. And then one day the king of Egypt has a dream of himself that no one can interpret, not his magicians, not his wise men. He tries to get their interpretation. No one's getting it. And then the cupbearer who's been restored back to giving him his coffee in the morning or something. I know that's not just what they did, but but the king, the, the cupbearer remembers suddenly, oh, that's right. When I was in prison, oh, that's right. I promised to help that guy out. I, there was a guy in prison who interpreted my dream and it came to pass. Maybe we could talk to him. And so, and so the Pharaoh sends for Joseph. Joseph interprets the Pharaoh's dream and that there, would, there was gonna be seven years of abundance of great harvest and crops followed by seven years of horrific famine over the, over the land and how Egypt must uh, stock, stock the storehouses, fill the storehouses out for that seven-year famine. And somehow, somehow, some way, Joseph ends up out of that situation being appointed over all of the king's affairs and is given all authority over Egypt. And and it's a long story and it continues. Read it tonight. It's a great story. It goes on for many, many more chapters and through a series of events, Joseph is reunited with his family. He does a few pranks on them for a while and then then he he comes before, they come before him and all of his brothers who, who had left him for dead, the father who thought he was dead, bowed down before him just as he had dreamed all of those years before, I don't know, maybe 20 years before that. And many, many messages, you'll have heard them, have been shared about the life of Joseph. There's been many books have been written about his, his life. I think there may have even been a musical about him somewhere on Broadway, right? I'm not so sure. I, I don't know. I close my eyes, drew back. I'm not going to start that. <clears throat> I may know one or two songs. We get to see in the life of of Joseph, we get to see clearly the God at work behind the scenes, working behind the scenes in his life, in the gap, God, God working, in the space between the promise, 
in the spaces between the promise, in the trials, in the disappointments, in the pain, in the heartache, in the loss of Joseph's life. He's sold by his brothers. He's left for dead. He's forgotten. He's falsely accused. He's exiled. He's imprisoned. I mean, talk about a string of bad luck, right? Talk about someone who say, God has surely abandoned me. He is nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be found. God is not presently active or doing anything in my life. That could be a pretty accurate conclusion that one would come to if you lived the life that Joseph lived. Yet we know, we know with the benefit of hindsight and a little bit of help from Andrew Lloyd Webber, we, we know that God was not absent. He was not delayed. He was not disinterested. He, had, he was not being distant. There was a purpose in the silence, and God was clearly moving. God was clearly working behind the scenes, putting things together. God's redemptive plan was actively underway right throughout that time in Joseph's life. And I just, I just feel something on my heart this morning, prophetically, that God right now is doing something significant behind the scenes in your life. I just, I just sense that he's doing something significant behind the scenes in this church. There is something brewing. I, I have this picture of the cogwheels turning. Something is happening behind the scenes. We may not see it. You know what? We may not even discern it. Some of you may be getting goosebumps, but we may not all understand or see what he's up to. But I feel, I don't know what he's up to, but I feel that God is working behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, like Joseph, God was present. Like Joseph, at all times, God is engaged. At all times, he is working out his plan and purpose with the greatest detail and care. If you can just think about that for a moment, just like that surprise birthday, the detail's done, the, there's meetings about it, how we're gonna do this, how we're gonna surprise them. Right now, behind the scenes, over your life, God is sitting there or standing, whatever he's doing, and he is plotting and planning something over your life that has everything to do with your destiny and your purpose and your call. Several years ago, and I'm glad these, those years are behind us, we went through a really difficult time as a church, and some of you will have been a part of that. And, and I remember at uh, one of our movements conference a number of years ago, uh, Caroline and I, we, we went down the front for ministry. We responded to, to, the, to the message and and, and in, a front, in front of about a 1,000 people, Danielle was there for that, uh, in front of a lot of people, the speaker, the guy who was leading that time, a guy by the name of Jedediah Turner, I don't know if you've have heard of him, amazing guy, he actually calls us out in front of everyone, and he begins to prophesy over Caroline and I. And I wrote down just a few of the things in there which I can laugh about now, but weren't so funny at the time. He, he goes, he looks at us and he goes, man, it's been such a battle. It's been such a battle. It's been such a battle. He says, it's like, it's like everything's gone wrong. <laughs> but then he, go, he, he says this, I, I have no clue who you guys are and what you do, but I see that what he has for you is too significant to stop now. 
too significant to stop now. He went on to say, I won't read all of this out. He says, it's not punishment, it's preparation. It's not persecution, it's repositioning. And I just feel like for some of us, we think, God, you're absent. What are you doing? Are you angry with me? Are you mad at me? Have you left me for some reason? Listen, it's not punishment, it's preparation. It's not persecution, it's repositioning. He is doing something behind the scenes. He is getting something ready for you on your behalf. He is setting you up for something significant and divine that only God will do. And one day you will see him as Jehovah Sneaky, the God who surprises. One day he'll pop up and say, surprise, and and take you by surprise. But it's no surprise to God because even now he's doing something in preparation for that. Come on, (laughs) come on. I, I, I just wonder, at times when God seems so silent, when, when, when it appears to be so absent, and, and, and it's, he, he's, he's speaking today. I mean, I, I'm hearing God all the time, but just, you know, there are those of us who we would go through these times, have been through these, these times where he's not doing anything seemingly significant. And you just gotta know, even when it looks like everything's going wrong, even when it feels like the wheels are coming off, not just when, when it's just static, Not when it's just like, oh, boring, feels kind of, you know. I'm talking about when things look really bad. When the wheels are coming off, when the walls are coming up, when you're just facing facing some stuff. What we may not see, when it looks like we're we're so desperately looking to God to do something, what we may not see is that that God is not only in the mess with us. He's not only with us, but he's working all things together for our good. Your messes, my messes, your failures, my failures, my ups and downs, your ups and downs. He's in the gap. God is scheming. He's brooding. He is getting ready for something big. He's getting ready for something big. Something big, church. Something big, Aspire. He's preparing a surprise party, and you have no idea that you're the guest of honor and it's coming. And maybe, just maybe, the great God of redemption is actually at work behind the scenes, getting ready, getting prepared for some of the greatest days that we've ever seen. I believe that. So I ask it again, what's God positioning? What's God God preparing? What's he plotting? What's he planning for you that right now may look like nothing? Don't be mistaken. Don't be mistaken, he's working behind the scenes. Just a couple of things and we'll slowly begin to wrap this up. Actually, we'll begin to wrap this up and just two passages of that story of Joseph, uh, verse 14 of Genesis chapter 40. Just want you to see the two two different attitudes, the two different spaces of time. The cry of Joseph. We don't hear a lot about Joseph in the story. It's it's told of him, but we don't hear a lot from him. But we do hear a few things. We know he had a great attitude. We know that for sure. But it says here in verse 14, when Joseph is in prison, as he sees these men, he's he's, uh, uh, interpreted the dreams for, remember me and show me kindness to the cupbearer. Mention me to the Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. Get me out, please do something. I was forcefully carried off from the land of the Hebrews. And even here, I've done nothing wrong to to deserve being put in this dungeon. 
And then in verse 39 of, of chapter 41, so one chapter on, two years later, the Bible says, Joseph hears these words from the king of Egypt. He, he says of him, it says of him, there is no one so discerning and as wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all of my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took the signet ring from his finger, put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as a second command and people shouted before him, make way. They put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. What an incredible turnaround, but God. What an incredible turnaround. What an incredible surprise it would have been for Joseph. Yet God knew all along, right from when he was a 17-year-old teenager, having these dreams of success or the significance, God knew right then what was gonna take place and that he promised to be with him and he was with him. Don't, do not underestimate the work God is doing right now in your life. Someone, I just, I can't keep driving this home anymore. I'm gonna finish in a moment, but I, I can't keep reminding someone here this morning, do not underestimate the work that God is doing in your life right now, right, right now. And remember beyond what we see, beyond what we even feel behind the scenes, God is at work. God's at work. I had six points this morning and I'm not gonna go through them. I'll just read them out to you very quickly if you're taking notes. Number one, don't give up. Do not give up. Don't give up on whatever it may be that you're feeling like giving up on. Don't give up, hang in there. Sometimes you just gotta stay, just gotta stand doing all that you can, get others to stand with you. Don't give up. Number two, don't get distracted. Don't, do not get distracted while you wait for the promise to be fulfilled. Do not get distracted. So many of us do, number one, give up, and number two, get distracted. On our road to promise, on the pathway to seeing God's fulfillment over our life, so many of us give up and we, or we get distracted. Don't, don't do either of those things. Number three, keep persevering. Keep pushing through. Keep Keep pressing in, keep getting up, keep heading towards the, the upward call of God, that prize that he has for you. Number, one, two, three. Number four, remind yourself of his promises while you walk in that gap, while you walk where God is working behind the scenes. Remind yourself, remind yourself of what he has said, of what he has spoken. I've said this before, we write down every prophetic word that we've ever received. We write it down, I type it up. Today, if you go into our ensuite bathroom, they are stuck to a laminated piece of paper and as I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, I begin to declare those things over my life because God has said them, God has seen them, God is preparing something for me and my life and I've gotta keep on being reminded as I persevere what God has said. Because sometimes everything else is saying something different. And I have to, listen, choose to, to believe and hear the voice of God. You gotta know that. Number five, trust Him. Trust Him. Trust Him. He knows what He's doing. Trust Him while you walk. Trust Him while you, while you persevere. Trust Him while you're reminded of His promises. He is completely faithful and He will do what He promised if you don't give up. And number six, declare breakthrough is coming. 
Declare daily, my breakthrough is coming.